everyone, and welcome to Race Time Radio. Look at that. Another week gone, and we are set and ready to go right here in the Race Time Radio studio. So glad you could tune in tonight. I'm Joe Chisholm, along with Joe Chisholm Jr., right here in our beautiful brand-new studio. What's going on there, Junior? Uh, I guess that's the end of that cup race. Yeah, definitely. Good uh Good weekend of racing down there in South Carolina. There was uh, there was lots of lots of fun stuff take place. Um, you know, I I love the throwback weekend. Ah, it seems, me too. It seems like it's been uh, a lot of fun to watch, and there's been a lot of creativity, and uh, the the racing was pretty good all the way through. Absolutely, too tough to tame that track. Yes, that is a tough track. The Lady in Black. Yeah, I guess it's uh, definitely pretty cool. There was a lot of great racing, uh, of course, south of the border. We're all on, uh, uh, we're all on timeout up here still, but uh, um, yeah, just uh, lots of uh, lots of cool stuff taking place down south of the border, and uh, uh, you know we got we definitely have lots to talk about. There was lots of Canadian involvement, uh, you know, down there as well. Absolutely, and we're going to get to some of that. Uh, let me tell you who we got coming on the show tonight. Uh, right off the hop, in just mere moments, we are going to have the number thirty six for DGM. Uh, we got Alex Labay going to come on the show. Uh, kind of a uh, an exciting weekend for young Alex Labay. He pulls off his first top ten on a mile and a half track. Uh, that's saying a lot. Yeah, definitely. He, uh, uh, you know, he, he had the thirty six car all dressed up like the uh, like the Red Dog beer car uh, <laughs> of of Kenny Wallace. Uh, uh, DGM uh, they went all out this past weekend on on some really cool looking throwback stuff. Um, did you get a look at uh, at Josh Williams? Um, you know, patina rat rod looking car that yeah. he had. He, he there was uh, there, it was pretty neat. He had uh, you know it looked like an old barn find. You know, hand painted number. And no, really? uh, the fenders didn't match the door and it was kind of like a raw steel look uh, down the sides. A real relic looking throwback. Uh, uh, pretty cool. If uh, if there's creativity, I think the DA, the DGM bunch uh, definitely gets an A plus from me on the 92 car. But as well, I love the look on on Alex Labes with Kenny Wallace, the Herminator, of course, on the hood. But, uh, um, you know, with the the retro looking red dog beer car, it was pretty cool. Well, I know we're all looking for to hearing from Alex Labe. He's had uh, uh, quite a couple of weeks, and uh, we're going to talk to him tonight here right off the hop. We'll also catch up on the East Coast. How about Donald Chisholm out there? We haven't talked to Donald in a long time. Uh, Of course, driver the number 89 in that new East Coast International Parts for Trucks Tour. Parts for Trucks Tour. How am I going to wedge, unwedge that baby? Maritime Pro Stock Tour, shall I say. Uh, we're going to catch up with Donald here tonight on the show. That's going to be uh, much looking forward to this one. You still call it the Craftsman Truck Series, and as well, you still call it the Bush <laughs> Series. So, yeah. I mean, the Parts for Trucks Tour is just going to, you know, it, it'll be stuck in ingrained. Uh, we should start a $5 jar. Every time that we call it the Parts for Trucks Tour, we can put 5 bucks in it, and then we can buy all the beer for the, uh, for the guys uh, at the end of the year. Can you imagine? Man, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool though. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to to hear what Donald's been up to. Um, you know, he's always got a lot of off season plans. Oh yeah, and uh, you know that shop, that Chisholm shop, 
Uh, I know it hasn't been, you know, on the full-time side for the last little bit, but uh, uh, they they keep and continue to put out really nice pieces, um, and we'll uh, we'll get an update from them to see what they've got coming down the pipe on on the uh, on the old '89 car. Sounds good. We'll do that as well. We're going to go a little further east. How about right out to PEI? We'll catch up with Jonathan Hicken here tonight. Uh, d- driver the number five, but junior. The guy's retired. Yeah. He's retired, going to go racing with his son, uh, but he is working at uh, King Racing. So we're going to catch up tonight with Jonathan Hicken. How about Ricky Verburn? Some big news coming out of that camp. Uh, we're going to catch up with Ricky Verburn tonight. And how about Kyle Reed? He's out, uh, lives in Fort Mac, Alberta. Uh, he is initially from Nova Scotia, does a lot of racing in Nova Scotia, but this past weekend, at uh, Nashville, so he took on that big, beautiful track. Yeah, for sure. The uh, the Music City 200 weekend, of course, paired up with the Arca uh, Menards East Series. Um, they they had a massive cars tour at, slash CRA tour, uh, pro late model and super late model event uh, leading up to the Arca race. And uh, Kyle Reed didn't just load up his pro late model and take it down there. He also put together a really pimping super late model. Uh, went down there, was fast all weekend. Really looking forward to catching up with Kyle and talking to him. Um, there was a pile of cars, 37 oh, yeah. cars in the Pro Late Models, nice. uh, and, and right up there as well in the Super Lates. And, and uh, by all accounts, you know, I, I had my eye on the practice sheets, um, you know, all the way through the weekend. And, uh, you know, Kyle Reed was up there in the top eight, top five in, in all of the practice sessions uh, leading, through the, uh, leading through the weekend. Uh, ended up coming home with some really good finishes, some strong finishes uh, with that 42 Robbie's towing uh, late model. So for King Racing as well. So lots of King Racing involvement in this show. Um, but uh, one of our guests, our second guest, is going to talk about Donald Chisholm racing. Uh, so a little bit of a rivalry there oh, between yeah. the two. A little bit, I'd say. What do you say we get to it? And let's bring in our first guest. Uh, he had a dynamite race yesterday. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the number 36 for DGM. We got Alex Lebe with us. In the Herminator 36. What's going on tonight there, Alex? How you doing, buddy? Hey, pretty good. How you guys? What about you guys? Fantastic. Man, hey, good run on you. Good weekend for you at Darlington. Uh, uh, that, that went pretty good, man. Top 10. Look at you go. Oh, yeah. No, we had a solid run. Yeah. We were really, really strong right off the truck, and uh, we ended the race with even better. So, no, it was a really solid day. We definitely needed it because we've been we've – been, uh, struggling a little bit on the execution part i guess uh, this year we've always had pretty decent speed but could never really put put it all together but uh yesterday uh, we uh, we made it happen and uh, had a really solid day and p9 finished there at the end so it's uh, it was it was it was a pretty good feeling there for the what would always started out the year and, uh, and our point situation and everything and uh, it felt pretty good on the way back yesterday. I wouldn't doubt it. You know, Alex, you take a look at uh, what the landscape looks like right now. Uh, when we get to uh, super speedways, that 36 car is uh, a threat to win. Uh, the road courses, of course, you are magic behind the wheel of a road course. Uh, there is a lot of mile-and-a-half uh, sort of tracks that are on your schedule in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. 
And you've always had decent finishes, but now to crack the top ten, uh, that's going to make you guys feel good. But did you uh, did you figure something out that maybe had been lacking and now you've got a handle on it? Or what was the situation there yesterday? Uh, no, I feel like it's – I mean, for sure I always get better and better, but I feel like as a team like DGM, I've been, I've been saying it since the start of the year, we've, we've really improved. Uh, I mean, team uh, the personal improve in the shop and the equipment improve and everything, but the results would not really show it, would not really uh, do justice to it. But uh, I just feel like we're we're better as a program, and it, it really showed yesterday. I mean, it, we had, I mean, we had a really, really. Good, I mean, we had, a, I know we had a really good finish, but we had a really solid run. And there on that last long reach like run, we went from like 19, 20th to like C13, and passed the 98 car, the 39 car. The two car, the ten car, like all big budget, fully founded a big budget team. So that that was a pretty good feeling, and we were ahead of our pack in front of the O2, the 68, and the 51, who are really the the underdogs to beat. And they're 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 really uh they're they're really they're really fast every week. So uh, for sure, yesterday was <laughs> it was pretty awesome, and it, it feels pretty good to get. I mean, it's crazy because we've all we've been really close to get some top tens on intermediate tracks, but. Uh, Finally, getting my first top ten on, on an intermediate track, uh, it, it, it feels good and uh, it's it's really uh, motivating for for the the rest of the year for sure. And that's got to really help, right? This sport, uh, I know there's some people that do not believe in momentum and good mojo, if you will. But, man, it's got to play a key role. I know when I look at race teams, and uh, you, you can tell when a guy comes off a, a good solid finish or a good couple of races, it's not just the driver, but it's the whole team that actually takes it up to the next level. And, it, you know, it, it's all effort. It's all, of, uh, it, it's all of those things combined. But when the stars align and things start coming together, it's got to pay. Uh, it's got to pay dividends all the way through. Uh, and like I say, a lot of mile and a half tracks on the schedule. Um, that, is there anything though that really compares to Darlington uh, moving forward? Uh, not really. <laughs> I mean, we're going to go back to Darlington later in the year, but I mean, it's still a mile and a half. We went there with the, pretty much the exact same thing we had in Atlanta and worked on it a little bit. So I feel like Atlanta is really close to that, but. Couple of tracks that are wear down, like a little less grip, uh, wear, wear out asphalt that are uh, close to Darlington. But uh, Darlington is definitely definitely a different animal. <laughs> the drive and the pass and trying to pass some cars, it's, it's a big challenge just to drive it by yourself and be on the edge. Whenever you get behind a car that's uh, roughly your speed, it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's pretty uh, really challenging to, to, to find a way to, to go around it. Alex, uh, we got to talk a little bit of fun stuff here. Obviously, all racing is fun, but but your your day job is is on the Xfinity side. Uh, when you guys had a little bit of a break, you uh, you went up north and and uh, you got to jump back behind the wheel of a of a late model on on a really fun racetrack and on a racetrack that uh, that you know you've done very well at. Um, you you got to uh, take part in the uh, in the New Hampshire race at Loudon. Um, talk a little bit about the uh, the Pro Late Model event with the past series and and uh, you know all the festivities that took place down there. But because by all accounts that seemed like a heck of an event. Oh yeah, for sure. And I was uh, had a lot of fun there. I, I drove a uh, Gabe Brown's car, Gabe Brown's car, in the Pro All Star series. Yep. 
I've known game for quite a bit. I mean, because I've, I've been working with Delsha and Delsha race cars for, for a long time with my ACP program. And Gabe works for them, and he's been worried. He's been around. He's, he's there. He's their neighbor, so he's always been around uh, Dale and DJ. So it was it's pretty cool to go down there and, and and drive one of their cars. And uh, we we tried a lot of stuff. We had well, we had a lot of fun. Me and Gabe and, and, and the team. We just worked on all the aero stuff. We just <laughs> it was pretty cool to to be able to work to work uh, work around the little box that we have and that I, that I have usually in NASCAR trying some 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 stuff with side skirts and, and balance and just all all the aero stuff, the aero box. To just try, just uh, try try a, a couple of silly stuff that, w- that we're not really allowed to, <laughs> to try in NASCAR. So I, it was a good time. We we missed it a little bit on the, on the, on our on our race setup. We got a little too tight there in the race and uh, over taped the grill and, and overheated there on our first run. So we had to come by pit road. But uh, all in all, I think we finished P eight out of out of a almost like thirty car field. So. It, I was it was it was definitely a good time. Definitely get a little bit too aggressive, right on the on the tape side of things. That's uh, yep. th- that's easy to get to. I, I've been there, you know, for uh, I've been there for a couple events um, with the uh, with the ACT program, uh, and then as well, you know, been there with the uh, paired up on the on the Cup Series weekend. There was uh, uh, so I've watched two late model races from Loudon, and man, it, you know, seeing a late model on a one mile track, there's just something magical about it. It is, you know, I, I've seen them at Rockingham as well. You know the UARA Pro Late models, uh, you know, had had a good race at at, uh, at Rockingham, uh, but you know, seeing a late model, a template style body late model, rip around a one mile racetrack, those bodies are not meant to withstand it. And you know, you see half the field at the back that don't have the braces. They look like they're going to take off down the straightaway because they're just <laughs> flapping in the wind. Um, but uh, then you see the guys who have it dialed in. Um, there's probably a lot of fun that uh, that you can that you can have on on that front. But uh, yeah, good on you. I watched the. You know, I urge everybody go to Twitter, uh, pull up Alex Labe thirty six. Uh, on Twitter and uh, and take a look. There's a good onboard video of uh, of a pro late model ripping around uh, on Loudon and and uh, definitely pretty cool. Um, Alex, looking forward into the season, um, you know you touched on um, Darlington, you know being being a, a very unique racetrack. Um, looking towards you know the the schedule that you've got coming up. Uh, is there anything, uh, you know, where, where you guys have learned throughout the season so far um, that will that will contribute directly to any of the races that are coming up on the schedule? Oh uh, yeah, for sure. I feel like we uh, we gained a lot on our platform, our suspension platform, and the shock shock combination and all that stuff. So it's definitely going to help us a lot on pretty much all the mile and a half, and even this weekend at Dover, where it's a rough surface. That, that's where we we're. I feel like we were liking the most where. Uh, you know, going to rough surfaces compared to the big guys to the better guys. So uh, I, I feel like I maybe mean, it was a good test this weekend because Darlington's a really rough track and, um, and our, our car handled really good. So uh, no, I feel like we 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 went we went outside the box quite a bit this year and tried a uh, couple you know, a lot of different stuff and it, it, it seems to work out. So uh, we're definitely pumped up for the rest of the year. I mean, every single track, I feel like we. Uh, we're, every single oval track, we're we're we're, we're going to be better than we were last year. So uh, it's uh, it's uh, you know, it's really motivating. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to. The, I mean, the, the the next couple of weeks are going to go to Coda and Mid Ohio a little later. So it's that 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 should be a lot of fun also. And it's uh, no, I'm I'm pretty pumped up. I say, especially like for the next two weeks, we're going to Dover and Coda. So it's uh, should be two uh, two pretty strong weekend for the 
36 hot rods. Have you turned any laps on Coda before in the past? Like, is that is that a racetrack? I imagine lots of sim time. But uh, have you have you turned a lap on Coda yet? Nope, I've I've turned around a lot of sim sim laps, but never never been there in real life. So it should uh, I should be a good time. I mean, it looks like a really really technical track. It's tough on brakes, and uh, it's just uh, gonna be it's gonna be a good challenge for everybody. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be fun too to come back and practice mode i mean we haven't been practicing in a, in a long time so uh that that should be fun get back there and try to test some stuff and uh try to dial the car in as good as possible right but that looks live tonight nascar xfinity driver of course uh driving for dgm mario goslin and all the guys uh alex you had uh herminator uh it, the herminator paint scheme on the car uh things tended to work out pretty good you had a lot of good sponsorship on that machine as well but uh you're gonna maybe uh i seen one tweet that uh, uh whether it was joking around or not but maybe you're gonna carry those uh that that look and that scheme a little bit uh longer than just the throwback weekend yeah for sure now we were joking around because we we were trying to turn uh, turn around our season for quite a bit, and it seems like a paint scheme. And uh, I was I was having my mustache this week, and I felt like everything <laughs> turned around. So I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. Probably gonna keep the mustache for next week, but the paint scheme's definitely gonna be different for Dover. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't say that we're not gonna run it again later in the year, but it's uh, we're definitely not gonna run the, that, that scheme this weekend at Dover. But it was it was pretty cool to to be able to, to put that scheme on with. Kenny Wallace and his old uh, Red Dog, Red Dog team. I, th- I think it looked it looked really really good, and it was a uh, it was quite quite the honor. I mean, Kenny's Kenny's the guy that's got the most starts in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, so it's pretty cool to run, run his paint team. Did they send you any free Red Dog beer? <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that that should be like a prerequisite, you know. I, I think that even if they don't write a check for the sponsorship aspect, they should have sent you at least some free Red Dog. And if you didn't get any, you should get some now that we're bringing it up. Yep, for sure. Miller, <laughs> they haven't come yet, but Miller Brewing Company, we're calling you out right here live on Sirius XM. You better send them some free stuff. <laughs> and then Alex, you can send some up to me. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible, Alex. Uh, it's going to be great watching you all the way through the rest of the season. I know we're going to get you back on here as much as possible. But uh, hey, good on you. Can't wait to see you get back on that Roval too. We get to the road courses. Things are looking up there, Alex. Oh yeah, for sure. We're we're always pumped up when we see those road course come in. But uh, at the same time, I'm, I mean, I feel really good with, with the with the with, with the performance we had on the, on a mile and a half this weekend. And uh, it's, I'm I'm really, really looking forward to the rest of the year, just trying to get back in points where where we're supposed to be and try trying to carry the momentum and uh, and put a put a couple of weekends together. That that's definitely what we need. We need some consistency, consistency, and I'm sure my my team can do it. Everybody at DGM and everybody on pit road, uh, or uh, well, are, are definitely gaining. So it, it should be a should be fun uh, moving on through the season. Well, congratulations on a successful Darlington trip around, and uh, uh, you keep it going, keep it going. We'll stay up with you, of course. You can follow Alex at uh, at Alex Lave on uh, Twitter, Facebook. He does all kinds of cool stuff with social media. Alex, do me a favor, say hi to Mario and everybody down there for us. Yep, no problem. I'm, I'm, I'm down in Florida. I'm down, you know, down in Florida with them, so I'll pass the message. Good deal. You have a good one, and thanks so much for the time tonight on Race Time. We truly appreciate it, my friend. 
him. I'm talking to you later, guys. You betcha. That's Alex Labe uh, coming off a great run. And, Joe, that's hard to do at Darlington, right? Uh, rim ride. It reminds me a lot of uh, Homestead when the guys get, you know, right up there. they got to get right up against the wall and uh, hang on. Yeah, definitely. There's uh, Darlington is just such a, uh, a a unique racetrack, right? To the, the two ends, you know, anybody who's watched it before, they they know that both ends are, are completely different. But when you're there and you you look at it, the the difference is so incredible. <laughs> you know, like oh. when when you when you see a, a racetrack and they say that the two ends are completely different, um, you know, it's usually pretty difficult to see. <laughs> you know, at Darlington, uh, that's not the case. They are vastly different. And uh, uh, there's there's a, a very unique driving style. Um, you know, they, they talk about it relentlessly, it seems, with the broadcast and, and with every broadcast that, that is talking about the racetrack. But when they say race the racetrack, um, you know... A guy like Alex Labe, who has got the patience, he's got the the pedigree, he's got the you know the championship atmosphere uh, behind him. Uh, the guys who are really smooth and don't make a lot of mistakes on the racetrack right. is very rewarding to them. You know, you look at uh, you, you look at somebody who just has raw speed all the time. Um, they are probably not going to have a good day at yeah. a place like Darlington, right? Um, and, and and you know, a guy who who is is fast. But consistent and and hits the marks has the ability to dial the car in and and really make compromises with the car. Um, you know, are usually the ones that get rewarded the most. And you know, we've seen that today with with Martin Truex. He, you know, Truex has got speed all the time. Um, but he's never, you know, the, the one in practice to be, you know, P1 every single time or, you know, he's usually the guy that dials the car in um, and, and has the ability to go out there and, and execute. And uh, uh, really cool that Alex Labbe went out there, uh, you know, posted the numbers that, that, you know, we all expected through the beginning portion of this season. Um, we haven't seen that out of DGM, like he alluded to. Right. Um, they've had a pretty tough go at the beginning of the season. They've tore some stuff up. They haven't got the results that they wanted to. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do think that the momentum thing that you touched on is definitely very important. Um, and especially for a small team like that, they're going to leave that place and they're going to be fired up and, and uh, we'll, we'll see where, where it leads. I think that, you know, Coda is something, you know, we obviously asked him if he'd been there or not. Right. Um, he's got the ability to jump onto a road course and, and do phenomenal things. Um, and it's even more of a play, level playing field because nobody really has got many right. laps there. So right. um, it'll be it'll be very interesting when we get there. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that we're going to see some big things out of the 36 camp. Kind of a painful weekend for the number nine car in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh Got pinched. Yeah. Got disqualified. Got a quick comment here uh, from Wayne Otten. Have a listen to this on the reason why the number nine got pinched. So post-race, we tear down the winner, the second-place car every week. And then because this was a Dash for Cash race, we also tear the winner of the Dash for Cash down, which uh, we've uh, we've done for this is the third race of the uh, the 2021 Dash for Cash season. And the nine car was um, in violation of 20.14.C. All suspension mounts and mounting hardware must not allow movement or realignment of any suspension and or uh, component beyond normal rotation suspension and or drivetrain travel. And also 
in the 2021 NASCAR Xfinity Series rulebook under L1, L2, uh, all L1 and L2 penalties found in race and or during at track post-race inspection shall result in a race disqualification. And under a L1, uh, parts and systems configurations, examples of rear suspension parts mounted and assembled in a manner as to allow movement that should not otherwise be available. And that's what uh, we DQ'd the nine car for. Ah, and I might add, no pictures were taken and nothing was circulated amongst the race teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, um, you know, it, you got to push every every gray area possible. Um, you know, it, nobody really knows the specifics behind what they were doing or how they were doing it, other than the, the crew of the nine and, 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 you know, the NASCAR officials. But, you know, it's super important at a place like Darlington um, to, to get skew out of the car. You, you need to have lots of skew in the car um so it, it sounds like you know they, they found a way to to uh make it so that they could have more skew than what is allowed after pre-race tech um <laughs> just not and, acceptable and to nascar not acceptable and and <laughs> definitely in the uh in in the gray area and 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 they they made it quick to uh to you know call it a, a black area so it's uh, <laughs> uh definitely a uh, a tough deal but uh you know every one of those teams is is trying every everything that they possibly can and you know it's it's interesting you know there's it it doesn't i i like hearing that a team like that is trying new things you know like there's um there's a certain part of of this sport that is built on ingenuity and finding things that work and when things that don't work and you know it's i hate when somebody says oh they were cheating Right. Yeah. That is is something that uh, they you know, it's it's not cheating until you're caught. And when you look at what happened with that nine car, um, they they were fast. They weren't dominant by any stretch. They were fast, though. Um, was that part or piece the thing that made them fast? No, that's a great team. And, and um, you know, they're they're searching for microseconds. It just helps. And it, that's it, all. Helps. it and, helps. And yeah, it all helps. When you look at uh, when you look at a team being DQ'd, if you're not DQ'd, if you make it through tech on the first round every single time if you you know never get accused of cheating um you're not running in the top five in any series it doesn't matter if it's four cylinder or if it's cup racing um it's uh it's part of this game and uh you know hats off to nascar for catching them that's the cool part right that's yeah. the only thing you can do you can uh you can smile and nod and and uh take your lumps and and move on Here's a quick clip with the winner, Justin Elgar. Picks up his first win at Darlington. Here's what he had to say in the media center. And this place, the reason why everybody wants to win here is because of how difficult it is. Um, you know, this place is, is truly special. And, you know, one of the things that I loved about the end of the race today was the fact that I was battling two of my teammates. Uh, we had four fantastic Camaros today that, that all had a shot at going to victory lane. And that's something for me that's just – that's what this place is all about. This place embodies, you know, what I feel like our race shop at Junior Motorsports really, really is all about. And, and, you know, having a boss man like Dale Jr. And, and Kelly and Hart Miller, you know, those two love this sport and, and they love what the sport embodies. And, and this place really kind of is, is where the sport came from seeing all the fans today in the grandstands. Um, 
<laughs> there's nothing like this place. It, it it has its own atmosphere and it's really special. Yeah, nice to see the grandstand all packed in there today. I've seen some beautiful footage on Fox Sports One and uh nice to see. Welcome back, race fans. Uh so awesome. Uh, we can't wait to see that up here in Canada on the short tracks, and it is coming. We're going to hit our first break of the night. When we come back, off to the East Coast we go. We're going to grab Donald Chisholm and have a nice discussion with uh, uh, Donald and uh, talk about Riverside, find out what's happening out there. Stay with us. We will be back. This is Glenn Hertzke, the driver of number 14 Super Late Model at Auto Clearing Motor Speedway. Race Time Radio will be right back. Coast to coast, coast, coast. you're listening to Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is brought to you by RPM Race Parts. Order today, race tomorrow. Also by VP Race Fuels the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. And by Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Rev TV is Canada's own motorsports network, featuring live races and rallies from around the world and right here at home. Rev TV is your destination for motorsports action 24-7. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa Know How. Race Time Radio is brought to you by GetRackHunter.com. Take your shot, pull the trigger, and join Rack Hunter Nation on both sides of the border at GetRackHunter.com. Canadians will camp like never before this season. Family time will be spent outside, around the campfire. Be prepared for all the elements. Be sure to pack quick, quick fire starters. No need to haul paper or kindling. Just pop a quick, quick fire starter into the pit. Add your wood and presto. You're a professional camper. Let the stories begin. Quick, quick fire starters. Making social distancing bonfires fun. Alexa, play NASCAR radio on Sirius XM. Sirius XM NASCAR radio from Sirius XM. Start your engine! Gain access to NASCAR's biggest name. Martin Truex Jr. Kyle Busch. Chase Elliott. Hear live coverage of every single race. They're side by side for the win. Woo! It's unfiltered 24-7 NASCAR. Welcome to Victory Lane. We've got breaking news. Let's go to the hotline. This is Sirius XM NASCAR radio, channel 90. Listen on the app or at home on devices equipped with Amazon Alexa. Learn more at SiriusXM.com slash NASCAR. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Endicottish, Nova Scotia. Also by APX Racewear and Quickwick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. If you're a Springsteen fan, you just found the promised land. Hear rare interviews and performances. Live concerts. Is there anybody alive? 
celebrity guest DJs. This is Rob Lowe. Hey, baby, it's little Steven here. And more exclusives when listening to Bruce Springsteen's channel. Welcome, Bruce Springsteen, to E Street Radio, your home away from home. Great to meet you. E Street Radio, Sirius XM Channel 20. Race time radio to go. Streaming live or on demand. And welcome back, everybody, to Race Time Radio. So glad you could tune in tonight. Man, oh, man, I'll tell you what, our next guest, I have waited a long time to talk to this guy. Uh, it's been way, way too long since we've had him on the show. Let's welcome in from Antigonish, Nova Scotia, driver of the number 89 Nova Celtic Ford. It's Donald Chisholm on the other end. What's going on tonight there, Donald? How are you doing? Hey, guys, how are things? Uh, thanks for having me on again. Man, it's been too long, Donald. Uh, th- this pandemic has really thrown a wrench into absolutely everything, but it's great to have you on here tonight. Uh, how are things coming in that Andy Guinness shop down there? Yeah, things are good. Progressing uh, progressing along pretty well. Um, you know, I think we're going to be ready before, uh, maybe even before the pandemic allows us to do a lot of racing, but we'll... Uh, We'll see how things play out. We uh, we thought we were in pretty good shape and in the area, I'd say, a month or so ago, but uh, things really seem to have escalated the last three weeks or so. So, you know, we're back into lockdowns and, you know, no interprovincial travel and all those fun things. So, you know, cars are in good shape and basically ready to go. We, uh, we would have tried probably a weekend at the racetrack already, but uh, I think we've got rain the last three or four Saturdays, so... It's uh, between weather and COVID. It's been tough so far. I hear you, brother. Uh, same thing here in Ontario. Things were looking pretty good. And then uh, all the numbers started going goofy again. And uh, they were forced to lock it all down. Now, it looks like we're going to be done our lockdown uh, come May 20th. But that's the way it looks from here. But, Donald, we all got to know that, uh, you know, it, this is coming to an end. Uh, we are in the final strokes of this baby. And, uh, I know needles are going in arms. Uh, uh, mine goes in come Wednesday. I'm going to go get my shot, at least the first one, and then uh, things will progress from there. But uh, I think it was about a week ago, if memory serves me correct, uh, I did see a post from George Koskulix. Looks like a brand-new Ford Mustang uh, ready to go in the shop. Now, is that George's race car, or is that a Donald race car that uh, George uh, bolted all together? Yeah, I I guess it's uh, it's geared up so we could uh, we can both drive it. I guess, but I think George will run a few times this year. Not not certain how many or which event. Uh, I think probably uh, the Riverside races, of course, and uh, we'll just see from there. But uh, yeah, new car. Anxious to get it out and and get it tested and see. Uh, see how it's going to uh, work for us. I bet. Uh, always exciting times. I know it is. Uh, I've seen you with a number of new cars over the last, oh, 10 years or so. And we've seen it come, uh, you know, like to, sometimes they come under the box and zoom their rocket right off the bat. And then other times we've seen, uh, you know, you pull it under the box. Things are great until about halfway through the race. And then we got trouble. Uh, you never know, right? With a brand new car, it could be either or. I know the intentions are there. The technology is there. But just every now and then, it just seems like maybe the line gets pushed a little too far one way and you got to reel her back in a bit. Yeah, no, for sure. Some cars, you, uh, some new chassis just seem to, uh, 
you know, run well right out of the box, if you will. Others take a little bit of work, and just because, you know, a car a year old might, you know, drive one way or like a specific setup, you know, it seems like every one of them has has its own wants and needs, and uh, just because you did it one way doesn't necessarily mean next time or next even visit to the same racetrack with the same car, it's going to be the same way, but... You know, mechanically, I'd say new stuff is a, a little more reliable, but but not always. And, uh, you know, it's always a, a bit of a learning curve the first few weeks of a new car and just, just to figure out what it wants and how to make it react. So, um, yeah, they, those new cars can go either way. It can be a, a kind of a, a real nice surprise or a real yeah either either a dream or a nightmare right uh either or but donald uh take us back through this now in the uh in the nova shop there was it uh through the pandemic was it time to clean house get the cars that you had because you had i don't know probably three or four bullets in that shop did you guys clean out and reload with new pieces do we just have one new car? What's the situation inventory-wise? How many cars we got in the shop? Uh, there's there's three uh, late models there now. So, so two Van Dorn and, and the Port City. We we sold a couple of Port City chassis this winter. So, um, you know, we ran Port City stuff for, for quite a while and, and still have some of their stuff. But we've um, kind of leaned went in the Van Dorn direction a little bit the last few years. They're uh, they're not radically different chassis. They, they, they're more so now than they were, but uh, so there's three there now. Um, you know, one of them typically was for our celebrity driver for the, for the IWK 250 weekend. Of course, that's a big question mark this year as to how that's going to look or what will happen there. Um, if we'll be restricted on crowds, if um, you know, just where things will be at come come that time of the season. So that was generally the requirement for three of them was Phil and George and uh, myself and the celebrity driver of that year. So um, we'll see how that goes. We're, we're, we'll be ready if, if that happens. And uh, if not, we'll, uh, we'll get through this year and regroup for next. All right, Donald, now take the helmet off and put the team owner hat on and the dad hat on, I guess. Uh, yeah. How long until we see uh, till we see a female Chisholm in a, in a, uh, in a pro late model? <laughs> I don't know. Um, we'll see. Um, so I think the plan with Emily this year is to, to tackle the Bando um, class again, the, uh, the outlaw uh, division, which she was in last year. But, of course, last year was an odd year. She, she raced more than I did. Um, just the, the Friday night stuff at Scotia Speed World got got sorted out earlier than the touring series did. Um, generally because it's a Nova Scotia crowd, and we didn't we didn't need you know we didn't have to have the Atlantic bubble open, and you didn't need competitors and fans for New Brunswick. So she raced a few times last year, but but not as much as a typical full year. So I think we'll do that again. Um, we'll see. Might. Might play a little bit with a legend car with her this year. We'll just see how the year <laughs> progresses and, again, what the, the pandemic is going to allow us to do. So um, you never know. We'll see. Maybe this summer sometime if we're at the track and uh, she wants to give it a go for a drive, we'll uh, we'll start there. But I think another year in bandos, and then if that's going well, we'll, we'll maybe consider legends after that. 
Now we're our next guest. Is it our next guest, Jonathan? Oh yeah, it's yeah, our yeah. next guest, Jonathan Hicken. Of course, stepped out of the driving role, but he has has strapped on the the dad hat full time, and and his son Ethan is going to be uh, rolling in a bando this year. Um, it, a little bit of advice. Do you have any advice to give to to Jonathan? You know, as a, as a dad watching from the sidelines, because now you've you've done it for a little bit. Um, it, he's he's definitely in for a little bit of a different role when he. He, when he gets to the racetrack yeah he uh my my best advice is to make sure to take your nitroglycerin pills <laughs> to go to the racetrack because it's going to be way way different than uh, than driving the car yourself uh or at least it was for me <laughs> and jonathan it's funny he i i, I didn't know he was uh, they got a bando but it doesn't surprise me because he's uh, he's asked me a few times over the last year or two about it and uh it's a pile of fun, don't get me wrong, but uh, it's hard on the nerves, too. So uh, <laughs> he'll enjoy it, but I think he's going to find it different. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's too cool. You know, you, you see all these. And, and racing has been, you know, multi-generational for, forever. It's, uh, but it's so cool. Um, you know, to see even the guys around here, you know, in, in sure. Ontario, you yep. know, you, you look at, uh, all the, 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 the big name drivers and, and you see their, their kids now stepping into whether it be a, a bando or whether it be a junior late model or whether it be a, a four cylinder, or a street stock. Um, you know, you, you're seeing more and more of it. I, I am, you know, from, from my generation, the guys that I watched, um, you know, stepping either stepping aside or, or, or also, you know, incorporating, their their kids into it um it's got to be such a neat feeling for for you to to watch your daughter out there racing knowing what she's going through and and all of those things but but also kind of keeping everything in check um but this sport is is built on that and it's something that is so cool to see um and you know hats off to to each one of you for keeping the sport going because that's what keeps this whole deal spinning um and uh you know it's it's definitely a lot of fun to watch as as the fans of you know the drivers that are on the racetrack uh seeing seeing their their pedigree out there on the racetrack it's definitely pretty cool yeah no and it yeah you're exactly right it's uh it's nice to see that the kids uh scotia's got a great friday night program from the bandos right on through to you know uh under cars and sportsman cars i think there's five different classes so it's a great spot for for young kids in the in bandos if they wanted to try it uh it's relatively cost effective and you know the cars are generally easy to work on compared to say a late model so you know the only way there's going to be new race fans is if if they learn to enjoy it and you know obviously doing it is uh it's a big commitment so if the kids are interested and they put the the interest and effort towards it it's 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 nerve-wracking it's exciting it's entertaining um it's a lot of things in fact i think a lot of Friday nights, the Bando, one of the three divisions of Bando classes they run, generally puts on one of the best shows of the night, and the cars are very equal, and you know they they uh, they're pretty aggressive, and uh, some you know it, it, it's entertaining to watch. They don't know what they don't know, so they uh, they sometimes <laughs> figure it out as they're going, and uh, it's uh, it's good stuff. But yeah, nice to see, and you know for a long time I think I was the younger guy around the pits and then all of a sudden i'm not i'm actually one of the older guys now so you know the natural progression is to try and keep some new new faces and new blood coming along behind 
<laughs> well, that's it the does... nice part about me. I'm the young guy. Always will oh, be. Oh no, 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 be. no, no! Hold on I'm, a second. I'm just a young guy. No, no, you know? you're that's rapidly nice becoming part. the old fart now. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Uh, we're with Donald Joseph tonight out Andy Ganesh, Nova Scotia. Of course, driver of the number eighty nine Nova Celtic Ford is how uh, a lot of us know Donald Chisholm. Uh, he's also Emily's dad, the crew chief on Friday nights uh, for that uh, Bandolero car. But, uh, Donald, you've always got a firm eye uh, closely planted on Riverside International Speedway as well. Uh, no, the season is all sort of laid out. Uh, dates are all out there. Um, and, and no doubt we got the pandemic uh, that's sort of laid up against us. Uh well, what are the thoughts? I guess, you know, you're you're in the same boat as everybody. You're on a wait-and-see program to find out what is going to take place. Um, I, I just, can I throw a couple of what-ifs at you? Because sure. uh, I imagine you guys do the what-if thing, too. Um, it, you know, like July is supposed to be looking really good here in Canada. But that is a under-the-wire uh, sort of look at things. But it should be okay by July, and I know that's IWK 250 month. Um, is, is there a way, Donald, I know it's such a big animal, if it isn't really good, uh, say, you know, around the middle to the end of July, but it looks good for August, is there a way that we could take the IWK 250 and put it into August? Or is it a situation where, you know, it's pretty well got to run on that weekend or, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's got to fit into that box there because uh, there's no doubt you get teams from across Canada and the U.S. coming to it. Yeah, so I guess the short answer is, yeah, for sure, it could be considered. Um, you know, the event didn't happen last year. We we managed to pull off one, one event in September last year, uh, and it was sort of on a heavily restricted crowd. Um they allowed us multiple pods or groups of 250 folks, and each group of 250 had to have their dedicated entry, exit point, washrooms, and so it was very it was doable, but it was it was kind of tough. And the 250 being what it is would be a tough event to run that restricted. So you know if if July looked questionable as we got closer and you know could we move it to august and try to you know take the benefit of an extra month hopefully things are improved better more so than they were in july so yes it is possible um perfect world things improve and we run it when we're supposed to but 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 it is a possibility to August. Yeah, there's so many what ifs, uh, and I know you know you could you could play that game all night. What if, and it won't get you anywhere. Uh, it's just kind of interesting to uh, uh, to to play that card, if you will, and and have a look at it. Speaking of last year, uh, you guys did get out of the box. You did one uh, run one event. Um, that it, what was it? If you had to do it all over again, would you do the same thing and be okay with it? Or would you sort of stand back and say, you know what, we're going to wait until we can go full tilt? What's the situation there? I, I think if we were to do it again, we would have, we would have still tried to make the race happen in September. Um, you know, we had been in discussions all last summer. Uh, Riverside as the track, and I know the Maritime Pro Stock Tour as the series with with public health and, and 
put a number of I shouldn't say a number a proposal into the province and and some back and forth and this is what they sort of settled on last year so we with two reasons I guess one thing we wanted to you know give the racers and fans at least a small bit of action for the year if you will and then recognizing too we didn't have a clue what this year would look like so we thought it was worth you know trying a race and just can it work what's the mechanics of it um you know not ideal not 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 <laughs> not viable financially long term but i think it was important to probably you know keep the keep things active and in front of folks and you know it was the you know that was probably the smallest crowd we ever had at a pro stock race but understood realized it's a pandemic and we were just happy to to operate so you know that we're we're hopeful um that that's sort of the worst case scenario and you know if we had to you know get a regular weekend race in under those parameters we could but it would be nice to think as hopefully things improve into the summer um you know, the bigger crowds uh, are more likely, I hope. Yeah, and the good part, Donald, right? Uh, we are coming to a close on this part of life, uh, and and good to see that the pandemic is uh, is on its way out as opposed to on its way in. Hundred percent, yeah, for sure, uh, Donald. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's I, I asked you this very this very question probably three years ago. Uh, we were in a different studio, it was a different time, and and obviously uh, a, a different world that we lived in. But has there been any talks yet, or any involvement? yet? yet uh from iRacing to do a scan of Riverside um I I think that you know it's kind of across the board the Maritimes is the leader of iRacing uh in in Canada by far um have has there been any talk or has there been any conversations yet um to to iRacing getting the scanners up and and doing a scan of of Riverside Has, has that been looked at yet or or talked about even it hasn't. Um, as far as I know, we, we have not heard from iRacing, but, you know, I, I haven't done any of it. I, I follow it a little bit, so I know just enough about it to be dangerous, I guess, but certainly know that, um, you know, they show up and, and, and scan the track and how it's done. So that would be cool, you know, anytime, you know, you've got the opportunity to, to be represented the track represented in any kind of event be it virtual or real i think it's it's cool and it's just uh, uh you know recognition for the facility so definitely would be be something we would consider and uh you know sort of probably something we should be be looking into a bit fans out there tag at iRacing and request them to do it because oh, I think yeah. I think that it yeah. would be so cool I think that uh, you know it's needed I think that it's the premier facility in, in here in Canada and Absolutely. Uh, and you know I think it would uh, it would put Riverside even more on the map and uh, I think that obviously it's on the map <laughs> you're not trying to put it on the map but but I, I mean I mean you know I think that it would be a huge thing and and uh, fans if you're listening and you want it on iRacing uh, I think you should 
send out a tweet, send out a Facebook post, tag iRacing in it, request them to do it. And uh, if if we all put uh, if we all put forth a little bit of effort, I think that they'll uh, they'll definitely take a look at it. They love racing, so um, yeah. they should they should want to they should want to have a really cool racetrack on their uh, on their platform. So um, I, I think that's cool, and uh, definitely uh, look into it, Donald. You, you know, work yeah. your magic. You, you've got. I, I was I seen you at at Homestead. You you know enough people to make a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to look into that. Yeah, I, uh, so, yeah. I just no, put you on the spot, uh, buddy. I'm cool. sorry. That, that seems to become more and more popular uh, all the time. Yeah, it, it would be cool. It really would be, uh, Donald. This has been great catching up with you. Um, I, I know it's been too long in between. Okay, so we're going to have to get you back on here as things start to uh, fire up for 2021. Uh, good to hear that we've got some new Mustangs in that shop. Uh, good to hear that uh, things are getting back online, if you will. Uh, it's going to be a great season when we can get underway. And I know I look forward to that day. But we got to thank you so much for the time tonight on Race Time. We genuinely appreciate it, my friend. Yes, that's great, guys. Thanks again for uh, for having us on. And uh, just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the, the moms out there listening. Good idea. Good stuff. Brownie points for you Donald. You betcha. The, the number 89 Nova Celtic for Donald Chisholm. Uh, you can catch him at Riverside. Uh, you're going to be able to catch him at some of the maritime uh, races, uh, the Pro Stock races, the new um, East Coast International Pro Stock Tour. Uh, it's going to be dynamite when they can get things underway. We're going to hit a quick break. When we come back, uh, we've got Jonathan Hicken coming up. You don't want to miss us. Stay, stay right there. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, race fans. This is Joey McComb. Hold on to your lug nuts for Race Time Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. Coast to coast, coast to coast, you're listening to Canada Talks. To Canada Talks. Race Time Radio is fueled by BP Race Fuels, the worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers, get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Finally, winter is in the rearview mirror. Camping this year is going through the roof. Be prepared for your getaway. Pack a good supply of Quick Quick Fire Starters. Seasoned pro campers have been using QuickWick fire starters for over 30 years. No need to take paper or kindling. Just add your wood and your QuickWick fire starter and let the stories begin around the campfire. QuickWick fire starters, the official starter of spring and summer. From two wheels to four and so much more, Rev TV also features exclusive live race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and so much more. Rev TV offers you the best seat in the house to feel the rush. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store. You can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts Stores, New Glasgow, Andy Ganesh, and Port Hawkesbury, Nova Scotia. You can count on Napa know-how. 
Men, 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 morning men. Hi, I'm Evan Cohen. And I'm Mike Babchak. We were given 30 seconds to describe our show, Morning Men, on Mad Dog Sports Radio. So I'll ask you some questions, and you give me the answers. What do we do for fun? You go to the diner with your family. Me? I drink and forget I have a family. Biggest crush? You? Tom Brady. Me? Anyone in yoga pants. What do we want to do more of? You? Talk about what happened the night before in the world of sports. Me? I would like to do more of my wife. <laughs> I think we just ran out of time. Morning Men, 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM 82, and the Sirius XM app. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Rev TV Canada, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, and by GetRockHunter.com. Race Time Radio. Only on Sirius XM 167. We get you closer. If you're looking for miles per gallon, you're definitely at the wrong place. Maybe a few channels up or a few channels down, you'll find it. But this is Race Time Radio. I think I like it too. Back with you live tonight on Sirius XM Channel 167, Canada Talks Now. We've got a little housekeeping to do, and then we're going to throw it back to Toronto, get you up to date on some news that you may have missed over the first hour. And then we're coming back for hour number two. And in hour number two, we've got Jonathan Hicken out in PEI. We're going to catch up with Jonathan tonight. We've got Ricky Verburn uh, down near St. Thomas, Ontario. He's got some big news. Uh, and then we're going to catch up with uh, Kyle Reed that is uh, out in Alberta, but he uh, raced Nashville this past weekend in his pro late and his super late. And we'll catch up with Kyle in hour number two. But uh, just a couple of housekeeping things here. Want to say happy birthday to longtime broadcaster, belated happy birthday, longtime broadcaster for Race Time Radio, Jerry Paxton. Blew out the candles. I told him That's better a lot keep, of candles. Better keep the fire extinguisher kind of close on that no night. No kidding. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Need a, did, did he need a leaf blower to, uh, to blow them <laughs> oh, out? Oh, no. That's, he's got lots of wind. He, lots he does and have lots, lots of, of wind. wind. That's so, right. uh, it, happy birthday to our, to our Jerry Paxton. Um, I want to remind you, too, if you haven't done so yet, uh, you want to call Rogers TV. Uh, dial up Rogers TV this week sometime. Um, and request Rev TV Canada. Uh, they're one of the last television providers in the country that doesn't currently have Rev TV Canada. And we got to change that. I know I've got Rogers here at my house and I've dialed in a bunch of times. Um, when you do, uh, here's what I want you to do. Get the first name of the rep that you talk to at Rogers and uh, put a, a tweet out or a social media post, if you will. And don't forget to put that uh, person's first name in there. Not their last name, but their first name at, at Rogers. And um, you want to tag uh, Rev TV Canada. And uh, the hashtag is Rev it up or Rev up Rogers. Rev up Rogers. Uh, do that. You get a chance to win an F1 Jacques Villeneuve visor from his helmet that's autographed. Pretty cool. Uh, gift uh, and it's a uh, contest so uh, good luck with that um, we have got to throw it back to Toronto here's that news highlight I was talking about and in 90 seconds we will be back with our number two stay right there we'll be right back
You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM, channel 167. Race Dive Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Race Time Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. Also by the Wooden Door Bistro. Broadcasting live from the track. We're here to get trophies. Never give up, baby. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90 is your home for all things NASCAR. The yellow lights come on. Perfect! Woo! Everything's happening so fast. Every race. Hard contact into the safer barrier. Exclusive interviews. This is more than just a job. We don't get caught up in being famous. The only broadcasting outlet in the world. Delivering NASCAR 24-7, 365. Thank you, you are the man. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Channel 90. (laughs) We're back with our number two of Race Time Radio. With the two Joes here on Race Time Radio on Sirius XM 167. Canada talks. And we are back with you. Look at that. Hour number two begins tonight live on Sirius XM Channel 167 Canada Talks. I'm Joe Chisholm along with Junior right here in the studio. What do you got there, Junior Bug? I uh, I stepped on a little bit of a beehive. Did you? Did yes. you give it a kick? Uh, yeah, I gave it a kick and uh, stirred the pot or however you want to put it. Um, you know me. I'm an opinionated guy when well, it comes time for this sport. I Tell, I, do tell. I love. So, I, you know, there was, there was a really interesting exchange after the truck race. Um, there was a fan. Um, that sent out a tweet um, that you know said it's crazy that Sheldon Creed uh, does not have a full time sponsor. Called out Marcus Lemonis and said, "Hey, uh, Marcus Lemonis, this guy deserves a full time sponsor." I agree. He's a great great driver. Sheldon Creed has got a tremendous amount of talent. Um, you know, Marcus fired back to that fan and said, uh, "I've tried to help. You know, I've, I've reached out. I've tried sure. to help." Um, and, uh, you know, Sheldon Creed fired back, of course, winner of the truck race, right? Um, fired back. Uh, yeah, we're worth more than 15 K and you know, that is a, that is a very interesting proposition and portion, um, and, and stance, right? Every bite my tongue. Yes, absolutely. So everybody, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, for, for, you know them because you know a, a truck race. Each individual truck race is one hundred fifty grand, right? One hundred, one hundred and ten to one hundred fifty thousand dollars to go race for a, a team like GMS. Yeah, um, you know, and and that that's not just a random number. It it you know that's w- w- the hard cost of it. So, are you worth more than fifteen k? That's the conversation, right? And and obviously people are, and and people know their worth, and you know what what the value of their proposition is. I fired back, you know, and just kind of covered off my view. And I've had this view for a long period of time. I've been in the sponsorship game for a long time. I understand it. Um, there's a tremendous amount of, of uh, you know, uh, of clutter in the space. There's a lot of companies that are in the sport um, that contribute a very small amount. And there's a lot of companies that are in the sport that contribute a tremendous amount. Um, Camping World would fall under one of those that that file a tremendous amount of money. Unprecedented support. Exactly. Huge support. They, and they want nothing but success, and they want to help the teams. Right. Um, I feel, and, and this is a very unpopular opinion, I feel <laughs> that, that NASCAR 
would be better off. And it's not just NASCAR. This works for Formula One. This works for IndyCar. This works for all of them. I honestly feel that if a sanctioning body limited the amount of sponsorship that is allowed, not the dollar amount, but the total amount of sponsors that a team can have, it would be NASCAR's version or motorsports version of a salary cap. You can't have a salary cap in motorsports. You just simply can't do it. If F1 is going to try to do this, it's right. not going to work. You can't limit the amount of money that a team can spend, that a team can have. That being said, there needs to be some regulatory you know, interference on, on the stance of motorsports. Um, and I feel that if, if NASCAR limited the number to five, call it, or three sponsors that a team can have, it, it, it would create a supply and demand portion that that would help the entire sport from front to back okay. hold, and create hold it, hold a, more of a model. If, if, uh, so you're saying uh, let's use five. Okay, we're sure. going to have five sponsors as opposed to, say, on my truck, I got ten sponsors. Yep. And each one of them, that we're just going to throw numbers here. Uh, say each one of them is a million dollars. Sure. So I got ten sponsors. Each one's a million dollars. And you're That's in the truck series? Ten million. Woo! Well, okay. You're but winning t- every race. Like I said, we're just throwing numbers. Yep. So I got ten sponsors, and that is... $10 million. Sure. So you're saying limit it to five sponsors, but don't limit the dollars. So now I got five sponsors that all pay $2 million. So I still got my $10 million, but I've only got five sponsors. Sure. Where is the positive negative in this? So the positive negative come from the amount of sponsors that are in the sport, right? So the top tier, oh, the top tier teams, saying. the top tier teams saying. have got, you know, 50, 60, 70 sponsors. I'd love to get into NASCAR, but there is, I can't get on a vehicle. There you go. I see what so you're doing the, now. The trickle down effect and trickle down economics don't work. We've proved that. That being said, if there is a demand, there is always a supply. So if you cut the clutter in NASCAR, it will attract a tremendous amount of partners that are out there that already view NASCAR as too cluttered. But that's going to drive the price up. Correct. No, that's not good. That, that's not no, good. No, it, it's, it's actually really good. No, no, no. If it's you, not good. If you provide more value, it should cost more. No, you're not getting any more value. You're getting a tremendous amount more value. How? I, and I would argue that until I was blue in the face. Well, because you can, but you're not increasing the value. You are you're increasing, increasing the, the visibility and you're increasing the, the lack of clutter in the space, number one. Number two, the companies that do invest, that invest heavily are going to they're going to get their bang for their buck. So you're taking out all the, the smaller sponsors. It, That's what you're doing. Are you taking them out or is yeah, there is there a place for them yeah, that is are. not the Cup series or nope. the maybe the Xfinity series or maybe the Truck series? Race Time Radio uh was on Mario Goslin's Arca car. It, but for so, one race, one deal, we were at Daytona, he, a, he was Canadian, we were there. He had nothing deal. on his car. I got on his car. Did a great deal. Yeah, but it would now, eliminate that. It, it it would to a certain degree. No good. I don't like the idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, and, and <laughs> to be honest with you, no, I, I, I understand that aspect. But saying that, do we deserve as Race Time Radio to be on the same racetrack as a company like Motorola sure. at the time sure. that was spending a million bucks? Sure we do. Sure we do. If the opportunity is there. Yeah. 
And, so, and uh, under the under, format that under you're this talking, model, you'd be wiping it out. Under this model, but but our money would be better spent. The rich get with richer, a, the poor get With a poor. late model team or with a, with a super late model team that's racing at the Derby or what have you. All of that would trickle down from series to to series. And I'm not saying that this is a that this is a fix for the entire sport, but this would change the model from what we've got today. And yeah. the the model overall, the, it, it's no secret that the model is broken. Uh, you know, when when you have all of these teams, all of these drivers that are that have the ability to go write a check and go drive, right? Yeah. Versus a team that has a competitive team um, that hires a driver to go race for them. Right. That model is considerably different from where we're at today. And and I honestly, you know, I equate media value and media equivalency um, on the racetrack directly to performance. So if you look at the amount of media exposure that a, a top 10 team gets in cup versus what a back 10 team gets in cup yeah there's a direct line to success for that back team if they had equal media exposure if there was a limit on the sponsorships and and the amount of sponsorships they would have access to partners that want to leverage their uh, their programs and they would also have an opportunity to create the message points needed to get that media exposure and that would translate into performance. I view today's Wild West, right? Back in the day, the cars, you could build a car in your shop, and you could take it to Daytona, and you can go race it. Yeah. Right? You can't do that anymore, right? You can't do that at all. No, because everything's advanced. It costs advanced. millions and millions and millions of dollars of R&D to make your car competitive. Um, or you can write a check to a guy like like Richard Childress or or you know Rick Hendrick, One of those and you can go guys, you yep. can go buy a car, you can go buy a seat, or you can go buy the performance. That being said, on the media equivalency side and on the brand visibility side, um, it, it is a very difficult proposition. If you are below the top fifteen in points in the Cup Series, in Xfinity, in Truck, to even get in front of that vice president of a company that's going to make a change to your operation. I I would say that the playing field on the racetrack, you know, you and I had this conversation offline, the, the, the rule book now is the same for everybody. Everybody's got the same rule book. The difference now is the teams that have visibility – have got the the dollars and cents to go find those those ten one thousandths of a second, yeah, or or those you know those micro things that cost millions of dollars to R and D and to science out. They've got the money to to invest into those things where the small teams don't have that, and there's an inequity there. So um, it'd be interesting to see be. what everybody's view it would is. Be. On and, it. and to be honest with you, I'm not saying that I'm that I'm perfectly right on this, but no, it, you're it's, dead it, wrong. It's it's a it's a vision of mine. Yeah, there you go. And everybody has to have a vision. 100%. Yeah, I don't think limiting the sponsorship is going to do it. But that's my opinion. What is your opinion? Yes, uh, absolutely. Feel free to tweet us and at I'm Waste okay. Time Radio. I'm okay if you think I'm wrong. Let <laughs> me tell you, uh, Tim Terry uh, just sent us a message here. A uh, short story. Uh, back in the day, Sean Sith, I believe, and I had a conversation about scanning Canadian racetracks in Riverside came up after uh, after it was mentioned on NASCAR on Reddit thread. Um, 
that about that that's about as far as it went uh before Sean moved on. Uh hope you're doing well by the way, Sean. So, um you know, hopefully Riverside is one of those Canadian tracks uh, and there's a number of Canadian race tracks that would be Suitable and well, they have, probably appreciated. They, they have CTMP to right? be scanned. They have CTMP. Well, it'd um, be nice to see, you know, Riverside, Jucasa would be one. Yep. Um, it'd be cool to have one in the west, one in the east, one in Ontario, or at least a couple. Well, that really, would be kind of cool. The tracks that across the Canada. tracks that make sense to me that should be on iRacing right. are are like the Honda Indy Toronto. They have Indy cars. They don't have the Honda Indy Toronto. Right. That is a track that could be scanned tomorrow, right? Or, or, or well, could not be, tomorrow. No, it's got to be scanned when, it, when it's set up. Well, they for the racing surface, they can they well, can do that. That's what they scan. That being said, you know the Honda Indy Toronto, um, Jucasa, Riverside. I would put Scotia Speed World in there. I would also put um, you know a a, a uh, on the bigger side, Delaware Speedway. It's a half mile. Um, auto clearing and, and auto clearing. Well, I would put that group, in there. Wine group, wine group. Yep. yep. Um, and area twenty seven is another one uh-huh. that uh, yeah, there you that go. you know is a is a beautiful facility that uh, you know fits the bill. But that being said, I think that you know a good starting point uh, for for i racing would be to take a look at Riverside. I know that getting across the border and all that stuff right now isn't uh, isn't ideal. Um, but that being said, in the future, I think that Riverside should be on the top of the list of tracks, um, you know, for, for the iRacing camp. Okay. Well, we're swinging and missing with Jonathan Hicken. Uh, I got a number for him, but we're not getting any kind of result there. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to hit this break, and we're going to grab Ricky Verburn. He is next on the list. We'll grab Rick, and we'll see if we can catch up with John a little bit later in the show. And uh, that's what we're going to do. We'll hit this break. When we come back, Rick Verburn is going to stop on by. Stay with us. You're listening to Canada Talks on Sirius XM Channel 167. Skype Radio is brought to you by the Quality Inn, Halifax Airport, the official stay of the Racetime Radio broadcast crew. Also by APX Racewear, the motorsports leader in custom crew apparel and fire suits. Mad Dog Sports Radio is opinionated, passionate sports talk with a bite from the hijinks of the morning man. I bet your parents do too. They go big bulk shopping. Hey, so I got 50 jars of dunk sauce. I mean, sauce. But I got a good day. To the inside of Adam Shine. Bill Belichick is the best coach in the history of sports. Not NFL. Sports. And the animated energy of the Mad Dog himself, Mad Dog. Christopher Russo. This is the channel to talk about your favorite sports team. Mad Dog Sports Radio, Channel 82, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. Rev TV is Canada's own motorsports network, featuring live races and rallies from around the world and right here at home. Rev TV is your destination for motorsports action 24-7. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, Nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, 
and Andy Gadish, Nova Scotia. Also by APX Racewear and Quickwick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. Fox News headlines 24-7 is on Sirius XM with headlines every 15 minutes. I'm Kevin Brinkholm. I'm Therese Crowley. I'm Jim McKay. A channel that delivers your world news, business, what's trending in digital, entertainment, and sports. Your news in a way you've never heard before with headlines every 15 minutes. Fox News headlines 24-7. All the information you need. Ready when you are. We're live from America's News Headquarters. Sirius XM Channel 115 or listen on the Sirius XM app. Taking you all the way to the track and back. And just like that, we are back with you live tonight on Race Time Radio. Off to St. Thomas we go and Otterville. Otterville. There you go. You can't call it St. Thomas. Well, he's, pretty he's, close. He's right between away. London and St. Thomas. Otherville, Ontario, will bring in Ricky Verburn. What's going on tonight there, Mr. Verburn? How are you? How's it going, Joey? Doing fantastic, man. You, uh, you've you been one busy cat in the offseason by the look of things on your social media. Yeah, for sure. We uh, I seem to always stay busy, even uh, through the offseason, through the race season as well. And um, This is uh, going to be a pretty exciting year for sure. Uh, by the look of it, yes, it is. You came out with an announcement just last week. Uh, looks like you're going to go from Super Stock right up into the APC series now, kiddo. That's going to be uh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, just being able to drive for DJ Kennington and and uh, the opportunity he's given me um, with this with this late model um, that we ran a few times last year, and DJ did really well in that car. I know the car is good, and I know I got the people. I, you know, I I just got to uh, get ready for this huge learning curve for myself. Rick, have you got any test laps in, or did you take that car out and do any kind of laps in it? Do you know what to expect when you jump behind the wheel of that car? Believe it or not, I got more testing laps in a Pinty's car than I do in a late <laughs> model. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a big learning curve. But uh, as soon as we get things opened up here, we'll be uh, ready to hit the track for sure. Rick, uh, your your progression through the sport has been, uh, you know, textbook. I guess I guess you could put it. Um, you know, the the ladder system in motorsports. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, you know across the board hasn't been utilized uh, quite the way that you have. You started your career uh, in an enduro car, uh, racing part time. You know, a handful of times as a as a younger guy. Um, and you have taken each step in the in the rung or in the ladder system. Uh, you've you've kind of progressed into uh, the the truck division at Delaware, which was a Friday night division. Uh, you progressed from there into the super stock division, uh, and now progressing from the super stock into now a late model. Um, talk a little bit about your progression in the sport. Obviously, I know it. We're we're good we're good pals, but, um, the, the value of the ladder system that you've, that you've kind of taken and, and how much, you know, that has translated into, uh, your success in each division that you've been in. Well, I've always believed that when you start somewhere, um, you need to somewhat complete what you've started before you move on. And, um, we've been fortunate enough to win races in every level. And, um, you know, when the trucks, obviously we had a couple championships, but, um, the super stock, we didn't win as many as we'd like, but we learned a lot of knowledge there. Um, I think a lot of that holdback 
is a financial thing. I mean, um, once we got hooked up with Spark Power Corp here, um, Richard, I, I've got a great relationship with Richard Jackson, and, and he's helped me kind of progress quicker than, you know, what I probably would have progressed without his help. So uh, he's uh, very, very passionate about late model racing, and when we when DJ and I sat down and, and come up with this plan and, and proposed it to Richard, he was all over it. I mean, uh, he's like, this is uh, exactly where we want to be, and um, obviously this year we're going to take a part-time approach to it, get some laps on our belt, learn. Um, and then, you know, with the Pindy schedule, with the way it falls, we'll have to kind of see how that all goes. But we're going to handpick uh, a few races so we can concentrate on both without running both in the same weekend kind of deal. So, uh, but like you say, I, I've enjoyed each type of car. Um, I really, really like the super stock. And when I jumped in the Pindy's car, I think it was probably the closest to the super stock. Um, mind you, way more horsepower, but the cars are similar in, in chassis design. So the late model is going to be a lot of fun. I think there's a lot of grip, and I'm uh, I'm looking forward to jumping in there and giving it a shot. So did you find a new home for the Super Stock? Did it uh, go down the road, or have you still got that baby uh, sitting over in the corner and just may pull the cover off it every now and then? Well, I, I did sell it, actually, to uh, Gary Zwaggers that owns Transaxle in Cambridge, and and uh, it spent the winter at uh, Whitey's shop, a good friend of mine, David White, and uh, they revamped that car, um, just kind of to update it to the uh, Ontario Superstock rulebook, um, better master cylinders, better body. And uh, just last week, I, I had a phone conversation with Gary Zwaggers that um, would put me in the seat at Jukata, possibly if that was the, if that race goes. Um, he said he on the big track he'd rather put somebody in there that's got a lot of seat time. So um, I'm really looking forward to jumping back in that car with the improvements they've made. So um, you might see me in a super stock, uh, maybe in one or two races this year. Um, then we'll run probably three or four late model races, and then you know obviously a lot of focus on the Pindy series as well um, to support DJ and his his team. How much better could you get a junior than this guy? Look at this. He sells the car and then gets a chance to drive it again, <laughs> all updated, ready to go. It's a pretty good deal. It's like selling your house and then getting getting to go back and visit it. I wonder if Andrew let Susie and I go back into our house uh, just for, I don't know, July. For, we could hang just out. For July and we'll hang out on the, the grass. <laughs> That's like you, I can imagine, Rick. You'd change the oil for them and stuff, right? Absolutely. I'll do whatever it takes just to sit in the seat any race car. <laughs> you were with Rick Verburn tonight. Uh, he's going to be a busy guy. Not only is he going to be in the APC series, all of, uh, uh, all of course, with DJK. Uh, he's also the crew chief for DJ Kennington in that 17 Castrol Edge Dodge. And uh, my dad, Rick is also a uh, full-time dad. And by the look of it, Junior was telling me you guys have got your own heat race all figured out with those micro sprint cars. Uh, you've been busy on that front as well. Yeah, that's been, I'm telling you, I've had a lot of fun racing, but I don't think I've ever had quite this much fun. Uh, a good a good friend of mine and a sponsor on the big car stuff, the Oxford Civil Group, uh, built us a, a test track at a, a friend of mine's property. I rented an acre of land there and... Uh, We've, uh, I bet you Rye's got about 4,000 laps on that track in his little micro sprint and, and Chase Kennington, um, 
my brother Christopher Burns, uh, little boy and girl have been out. Uh, my daughter also started taking a liking to it, so we purchased a second car for her. And I, I've got a since the late model stuff will all be in St. Thomas at DJK. All the DJK micro sprint cars will be here in Otterville in, in my shop. So I got six cars uh, lined up, and uh, we're just having a hoot with that. And the kids just learn. It's unbelievable how quick they learn every day. Now, I can imagine Spark Power has got uh, the track that you guys have formulated lit up like the 4th of July, too. I can well imagine. You guys could probably run at night, too, right? Well, not quite yet. But, <laughs> I mean, if it gets to the point where, where there's not enough daylight in the day, I'm sure uh, they'd be my first call. <laughs> That's too cool, Rick. Um, looking at, uh, you know, obviously the the season that was 2020, um, it was a little bit lackluster uh, up here in Ontario compared to, uh, you know, uh, south of the border and, and other places like that. But there was there was still a lot of racing that took place in 2020. Um, still got uh, a chance to strap on the helmet uh, uh, as well. You know, you got, you got your first kick at the can at being a crew chief, uh, uh, working alongside with DJ Kennington and and in in the Pinty's program, um, uh, take us back a little bit into 2020 and 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 you know what was it like you know being being a crew chief? Obviously, you've been a crew member with DJK and with Andrew Ranger with the Mopar team, and uh, you know, but this was your first kick at the can of being a crew chief, if you will, uh, standing on top of the box and and uh, and and working for the team. Um, it, how how did you enjoy that? portion and uh what do you see happening on that front well I, I mean i love it it's uh we started with andrew or it started david white asked me to come out and help um crew for andrew ranger in 2016 and then i just slowly um progressed through that and in in 2018 and 19 was very involved with uh with rangers team and um kind of working through the setup a little bit with Whitey and learning more and more, which also helped me on my stuff. And um, when Andrew, I was actually named to be Andrew's crew chief for 2020. And then when, when Mopar made their decision, um, it was natural for me to, to sit with these and go that route. Now uh, I'm going to tell you, DJ is a pretty easy guy, but also a very hard guy to crew chief. I mean, uh, he, he knows what he needs in a car and what he knows and what feel he needs. Um, but he also, he, he gets on your case pretty good, and, and uh, we have a lot of fun. Um, Joe, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, <laughs> it's, uh, he's easy to crew chief, yet you get a lot of flack and, and a lot of fun, and uh, he definitely doesn't sugarcoat anything. So, uh, obviously, when we got out of the gate in 2020, we struggled a little bit at sunset. We were far better at Flamborough, and then, when we come to Ducasa, I think we were starting to hit our stride, and and we got stuff pretty good, and uh, really should have won both of those races. But uh, um, I love it. It's uh, a lot of the same as what we were doing in eighteen and nineteen. I just, you know, aside of calling the race, so uh, I got a lot more to learn there. And uh, but we'll continue on, and and uh, I don't see myself going anywhere. But DJK Racing, he's. Uh, He's been a great friend, and he took me to the Daytona 500, Martinsville. Um, we've been a lot of places together, and um, 
I can't wait to get this season going again. It's going to be a lot of fun. How old maybe are you? He can, uh, maybe he can crew chief me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I want him to spot for you. I just want to hear him spot. That's oh, what God. I really I really want that. That would be amazing. <laughs> I just want to sit in the pits and just listen to him spot for you, and then and then we can we can talk afterwards. But uh, I, bet, I bet you turn that radio off. <laughs> <laughs> There'd be a lot of beeping. Rick, how, yeah. how old are you? How old are you? I'm 36. So. You're the the amount of the amount of enthusiasm for the sport. You know, we we hear it out of young guys that are coming up through the ranks. Um, you know, and and we hear the enthusiasm of somebody that is, you know, 18, you know, 17, 16 years old um that wants to drive everything, wants to be a part of every, you know, portion of the sport. Um it, I find it really interesting. Have you had this passion all the way through your career? Um, have you had the same level of passion or, or is it increasing exponentially year after year? Because it seems like, you know, you're, you're obviously pulled in a bunch of different directions, but you're also focused on each individual task at hand, but the tasks keep on getting tougher. Um, that, that level of enthusiasm, has it, has it grown through the years since you've been in the sport or, or, or has it been the same all the way through and that's what's got you there? Um, I think, as I've went through, it's obviously got stronger. Um, we, I took a hiatus for about seven years from when I initially started racing. And then I, I took some time off and you quickly realize how much you miss it as well. But, um, I always say if I have any regrets on racing, it's not somehow getting involved with the Cascar super series in its heyday, because I think that was probably, um, you know, that the biggest thing up here, you know, and, and, uh, after making a few trips down south and being in the garage and seeing how things go, I mean, it's, uh, when you're passionate about something, that's, that's where you need to see. And, and it just drives you to be better, you know, and as you learn more about chassis and stuff like that, you, you want to use that knowledge and, and move forward. And fortunately I have a great family that stands behind me and allows us to do this stuff. And, my wife loves racing just as much as I do. And obviously, my kids are have a huge passion for it, too. So um, as we move along, I, I seem to get more involved when I should be maybe backing yeah. down. But we'll, uh, we'll see how, you know, the kids develop as well. And uh, maybe that's somewhere where the focus will be, you know, five, ten years down the road. Rick, think back now. Uh, think back to the very first race you ever attended, uh, and how old were you? Can you remember the first race you went to? Where was it, and when was it? Absolutely. It was probably 1991, I'm thinking, right around there. Um, my cousin Brian started racing in the Enduros at, at Delaware Speedway, and um, I bet you we didn't miss one of those races I remember the first one we went and watched, and, and uh, yeah, she had an engine issue, and they didn't really have a mechanic on the team, so my dad was there, went and watched, and a red flag come out, and they crossed the track, and he went down in there, and they got it figured out, but uh, ever since then, my dad kind of helped them out mechanically, and my brothers were involved, and then I started getting involved as I was older, and uh, I remember from the first time watching, that I knew exactly what I wanted to do, and that wasn't to be working on the car, but... Uh, funny how things change yeah that's cool you know we don't ask enough people that question what was the first race you attended what track was it 
And uh, w- when did you become a fan? You know, there's people that go to racetracks or have gone to a racetrack when they were a kid and, you know, never went back. You know, maybe it wasn't for them. Uh, and then there's other people like me. I distinctively remember I was like seven years old and I went to uh, a long time ago. It was Grand River Speedway. Uh, it's not even in existence anymore. It was before Flamborough Speedway opened up. And I went there with the Morrison family from down the road. Uh, I lived in Guelph, and uh, Glenn Morrison and I hung out. His older brother, Brian, uh, he raced. He raced, and it was a comet. Uh, Believe it or not, it was a comet. And uh, my job, uh, I was at his shop one day at uh, at Glenn's parents' house, and my job was to uh, shine up the wheels. And I was only seven years old. I shined up the wheels. And then I was lucky enough to be invited to the track. I went to the track with uh, with Glenn and his other brother, Paul. Uh, they couldn't go in the pits because I was too young. So they actually sat in the grandstand with me so that I could watch the race. Cool. I became a fan. I became a fan that day. And I've always been a fan all the way through. So it's kind of interesting to find out when someone became a fan. And, of course, you usually become a fan of the sport and then down the road, you become a competitor. And by the sounds of it, it was a little while until you became a competitor. But what was your first year of racing, Rick? I was 16 years old. I think um, I probably started begging my dad when I was 10 or 12. But <laughs> I think Mom kind of put a kibosh on that so we got a little bit older. But uh, my brother Steve and I actually built our first car not knowing a thing. Um, obviously, we had the facility to do it with the pipe bender and everything else but uh we started racing in 2003 at delaware speedway and and i was 16 i believe um and uh you know you didn't practice or nothing back then you just went i mean there's 260 cars on the track and you drew for your number and you sat in your car and away you went if you want to learn how to drive a race car that's the place to do it when there's 260 cars on a half mile track and and uh they don't uh they don't take them off even if they quit so um you got to keep your head up and look far ahead and you uh you learn pretty quick pretty amazing and uh if someone was to have told you back then you know by the time you're 36 you're going to crew chief for one of canada's toughest uh most well-known drivers in the nascar pinty series you're gonna be an apc driver in one of the fastest most uh competitive late model tours in all of canada and uh oh by the way you're gonna have a son that's gonna have a sprint car and you guys are gonna have a track with enough cars to do your own heat you probably would have told that individual they were off their rocker but look at you today rick yeah absolutely and and that just comes to the people you meet along the way i mean I think on every podcast you listen to, whether it be Dale Jr.'s or I see Alex Nagy's got one now I've been listening to, and it's, it seems like it's the same kind of story from these racers. And you meet, it's the people you meet along the way and, and the people you get attached to. And um, it, when you have the passion, it's just, you know, if you want to get involved in this sport, all you got to do is step up and ask, you know, because everybody's always looking for, for people and, you know, it's all volunteer work, but it's uh, it's fun. And when you get to stand up on a stage in North Carolina with Andrew Ranger to win a championship, I mean, 
and and knowing that you had a small hand in that is pretty cool, right? And uh, when you watch your buddy start the Daytona 500, <laughs> that's uh, pretty surreal. So, I mean, you can go from watching a race to a grandstand to to seeing that stuff in a short time, really. Uh, pretty cool. You're living the dream, and you're doing a great job. Uh, I know we can't wait to see you on the racetrack. Uh, this is going to be an exciting season when we do get it underway. Until then, I guess uh, we can follow you along social media. You got all those bases covered? Yeah. Uh, Twitter is at ArborBurn88. Um, Facebook is just Rick for Burn. Um, and Instagram as well. And, uh, yeah, you can follow along. Um, we haven't do, been doing a, a ton of stuff just yet, but uh, we, I've been at the DJK shop um, usually once or twice a week, all the way through the winter. We got everything prepared there; cars are ready to go. Um, my late models there; it's all stickered up, ready to go, sitting on stands. Um, we're just actually working on our dirt cars now, kind of finally stuff up for that. But uh, it should be an awesome season once we get going, and and I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, we just every chance we get, we the the little dirt track just a, a few kilometers from the house. So we load up after supper, even on a weeknight, and head out there and just get Ryan some seat time. So um, Chase has been down a few times, and my brother's boys there quite often too. And it, it, that's just been a riot. Well, congratulations on the announcement. Uh, you get after it. Uh, get out there and do some of that rock hunter trophy hunting. That'd be kind of cool to see you go out there and win one. Absolutely. It looks like we got a, a great field of guys. I see some trophies being uh, hunted already, and um, I'm just uh, looking forward to the whole deal. It's going to be fun. I don't know how many trophies we'll be able to hunt, but we're definitely going to try. And, um, it's a pretty stout field. It's uh, To be a part of the APC series, I think, is what I alluded to earlier with that Cascar Super Series, and I can see that direction in that series, and they're doing a phenomenal job luke and his team and um looking forward to seeing where that goes in the future um and then you know just getting some experience at, at that level is going to be uh better for everybody well if anybody can do it ricky verburn you can uh one other tip i want to give you too you know how dj is one of these guys junior you see it all the time for spotting with him uh he's one of these guys that uh when he's at the track doing some practice doing whatever He'll pull in, and you see DJ jump right out of the car and get to work on it. He'll go to work on it himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What you guys will have to do is, uh, is stage him a wee bit, get him all prepared, uh, let him come in off the racetrack, and uh, on the count of three, everybody pull out your ice cream and sit on the pit wall That's what we on do the pit anyways. box That's what we and do say, uh, go ahead, boss, you do it. We're too busy eating ice cream. <laughs> we do that already. It's usually a bologna <laughs> sandwich. but, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way it's that it funny is. you say that because I, um, Tammy from Apex always does my race suits and and uh, she last time she made me one that has a lot of white on it and, and when <laughs> we ordered the new one for this year I said it's got to have more black because I roll around on the ground just like the next you know driver guy that works on his own stuff so I mean uh, we didn't uh, get where we are without working on our own stuff and I mean I've had a lot of help from guys like WMI and that too, but at the track, man, we're rolling around on the ground, getting her where we need it to be so we can go and have a shot at winning our eight. 
Well, it's going to be awesome. I can guarantee you that. Ricky, it's been great catching up. Uh, you have a good one. Uh, stay out of trouble, and we look forward to seeing you behind the wheel. Yeah, thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I just want to wish all the mothers a happy Mother's Day today, and I hope everybody enjoyed their day, and, and uh, we'll see you at the track soon. Absolutely. That is Rick Verburn, driver of the number 88, correct? That is the number 88. Yep, yep. Uh, number 88. He now, switched it up a little bit. Now, will he be the 88 uh, with, with DJ? What Wouldn't it be the 17? Or what was, you guys were 28 last year, right? Yeah, so DJ's late model number was always 28. Um, so um, DJ has got a late model put together by the sounds of it. So he wanted to reserve the 28 for himself. Ah. Um, and. Uh, the 88 uh, will be Rick Verburn. Now, I am very interested. You touched base on that story where you went to the racetrack for the first time. Yep. What did they race on before dirt? Before <laughs> dirt. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. We're going to hit a break. Oh, when that was a rough back, one, wasn't it? When we come back, I don't know if I'm going to be here alone because he just <laughs> may be out cold. Now, he is a lot bigger than me, but I always, I've always said uh, there's nothing that a two-by-four won't bring down. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, it was. Very good. Uh, we will be back. When we come back, how about uh, talking some Nashville with a guy from Alberta? We got Kyle Reed coming up on the other side of the break. Stay there. You don't want to miss this. Get your race fix anytime online. www.racetimeradio.com Also available on Facebook. Just search Racetime Radio. And as always, you can drop us an email. Info at racetimeradio.com From two wheels to four and so much more, Rev TV also features exclusive live race series, up-to-date news coverage, documentaries, how-to programs, and so much more. Rev TV offers you the best seat in the house to feel the rush. Go green with Rev TV. Contact your TV provider to order. Canadians will camp like never before this season. Family time will be spent outside, around the campfire. Be prepared for all the elements. Be sure to pack quick, quick fire starters. No need to haul paper or kindling. Just pop a quick, quick fire starter into the pit. Add your wood. And presto, you're a professional camper. Let the stories begin. Quick, quick fire starters. Making social distancing bonfires fun. Even though Napa is a nationally known name, nearly all of our stores are built from the ground up by local owners and families. People you might call neighbors will be here, there, and everywhere. Doing what neighbors do to keep their communities moving forward. You stop by a Napa Auto Parts store, you can count on Napa know-how. Tonight's Race Time Radio is brought to you by Napa Auto Parts stores, Port Hawkesbury, New Glasgow, and Endicottish, Nova Scotia. Also by APX Racewear and Quickwick Fire Starters, the world's best fire starter. Broadcasting live from the track. We're here to get trophies. Never give up, baby. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio Channel 90 is your home for all things NASCAR. The yellow lights come on. Perfect! Woo! 
Everything's happening so fast. Every race. Hard contact into the safer barrier. Exclusive interviews. This is more than just a job. We don't get caught up in being famous. The only broadcasting outlet in the world. Delivering NASCAR 24-7, 365. Thank you, you are the man. Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Channel 90. Race Time Radio is fueled by BP Race Fuel. The worldwide leader in race fuel technology. Dawson Dental Centers. Get your victory lane smile at DawsonDental.ca. Race Time Radio is back. Once again, Joe Chisholm. And we are back with you live tonight on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 167. And back to the hotline we go to a driver out in Alberta that was uh, down at Nashville Fairgrounds this weekend. Uh, he went down two divisions, pro late model and super late model. Uh, so he got his fill, I'll tell you that. He may be still going around in circles, but let's welcome in Kyle Reed, driver in the number 42. What's going on tonight, Kyle? How you doing? Hey guys, good to have, uh, thanks for having me on. You betcha, man. Busy weekend for you, Kyle. Whereabouts are you? You must be still south, right? You're uh, a little far from home unless you flew. Uh, yeah, I'm actually not far from Kansas City on my way, on my way north up to Dakota right now. Wow. Incredible. So take us through the weekend, brother. You had uh, the super late model, good result there, and even better result in the pro late model. A busy weekend for you. Well, I'll start with saying that the two cars one weekend was a real good thought, like two or three months ago. <laughs> Friday night, I was really contemplating the whole come up with that idea <laughs> i imagine i imagine uh, the old the old driver of the 42 car was a little wore out after practice day and uh, even more so after the race yeah you know what it, it was you know um i'm you know probably bit off way more than i could chew uh that that whole deal um like i say we haven't haven't last time we were in the car it was september in, uh, in riverside and, um, you know, to, to go down there and to compete with them guys on that level, with them two cars. And that was the first time I've ever run a, a super late model. So the first time I've ever been in a super was Friday and, uh, in practice. So, you know, there was a lot of big learning curves. Actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I think I had it in my mind that it was going to be a little worse than it was with the, with the horsepower difference, but it wasn't, wasn't too, too bad at all. They just, they just drive a little different than what we're, we're used to. On arguably yeah. one of the toughest racetracks in North America, right? The, the fairground speedway is, uh, it, it's historically one of the toughest racetracks out there. It's, uh, it's definitely, uh, chewed up and, and spit out a bunch of racers. Oh yeah, and uh, but it is a fun track. The whole facility, it's just you know, it's an old, it's old, it's rough. It's um, yeah, but it's it's fun. It's a real, it's a, it's a real driver's track for sure. And I mean, I uh, it, it was really enjoyable to to be there. The super race, uh, the super uh, race was a little frustrating. There halfway through, I was getting tired and. And, uh, wore out a bit and, and getting frustrated with it. But, um, 
No, the uh, all, all in all, like I think we had a had a decent weekend. We we just had we were way understaffed for what we had for guys and to run one car, let alone two cars. So I think we uh, would have been better off to to because I wanted to run the super, so I think we should have just uh, stuck to that and focused on that. I think we would have had a had a better. Um, we would have qualified better, and you know I qualified horrible, which I consistently do up to this point in both in both classes. So it makes it hard when we qualify that far back, and you know we we uh, like in the pro race we we made some made some gains, but I think if we had to qualify better, we would have had a, a much better showing for sure. Kyle, uh, talk a little bit about the process. Obviously, um, you know, people, you know, up, up here in Canada, across the board, uh, are chomping at the bit. They want to race. They want to get out there. They want to get after it. They want to go racing. They want to put a helmet on. Um, talk a little bit about the process. Was there a lot of hoops to jump through uh, in order to make this weekend possible? Um, and, uh, you know, given the, given the current circumstances with, with everything with the borders and all that great stuff, um, what was the process like, and, and uh, would you do it again if uh, if you had the opportunity? Yeah, oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. I'll do it again, and and I'm gonna look at. I wanna, I wanna go back there again, um, maybe. But um, it's a little. Uh, the process is not as hard as as one would expect. I mean. In Canada, everything you hear is, is extremely negative about traveling and, and things like that. Um, but for for our situation, is a little different. Um, we have a transport company, and um, we we just happen to have uh, we purchased some new equipment and we ordered it six or seven months ago, and it just happened to be ready to be picked up in uh, around this time. So we we kind of lined it up so I could come down. Um, my father is involved, extremely involved in, in this whole situation. But um, yeah, so we were able to pick up one trailer, one piece in Georgia, and then I pick up the other one in South Dakota tomorrow, and then I I'll headed back up to the to the border. So it kind of kind of was more of a, a a work trip than anything. But the planning worked out that I could uh, I could be in Nashville. Uh, this weekend and, and run them two cars, so it worked out well for for us. But um, just a different circumstance for us. That's all. So, did you leave the keys to the shop and uh, the the list of things to do with Chris, your brother? Of course, we're used to seeing him drive as well in the number eight. Was it his turn to stay and uh, take care of the shop while you went down and took care of business down the south? Well, we're. I was I was very fortunate that I could I was able to go and do this because like you say everybody's stopping at the bit to go racing and uh, you know nobody knows what our, our short term future is going to be here for this summer um, so yeah I was very fortunate and I mean um, we we almost we almost called it off because we are extremely busy at work and uh, so. But uh, it, it worked out. Um, you know, Chris and them are, were busy. We were busy the last, extremely busy last month here. And then my other brother, Jeffrey, he, he runs uh, a lot of the operation as well. And we have really good staff. So it, uh, yeah, that worked out as, as well. So 
but it's, uh, it's definitely a, a team effort for sure. And I mean, on the other end, just getting the, the, the trucks and the haulers ready and, and there's, a, there's a lot of production that goes on behind the scenes. Like my father, Robbie, and my mother, Mary Lee, um, you know, they put a lot of time, especially Robbie, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that he does and I'm sure he, he, uh, we overworked him a lot and, you know, a lot of it he says he doesn't get paid for, but it's, uh, you, you know, Junior, how that's like with an old fella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know all about working we're with, with an old fella. Uh, we're with Kyle Reed tonight. He's coming off a doubleheader weekend at Nashville uh, with the super late model and the pro late model. Uh, heading back for the border now. Uh, Kyle, what does 2021 look like from a race season perspective? I know things are going to get messed up here and, uh, you know, delays and so on and so forth. But uh, I can well imagine that the Reed Motorsports Camp has got somewhat of an idea of races that you uh, have on the docket, ones that you want to hit. What's that docket look like if things go uh, according to plan? Um, well, there's, there's just a whole lot of uncertainty here right now. I mean, if we were, if everything was to go to normal, we would run, uh, you know, Antigonish, Petty, maybe some kosher. Um, obviously, we, you know, it, it's hard for us time-wise to, to run a, a full season, but, um, you know, we, we'll, we'll run as many of the Maritime Pro Stock Tour races as we can. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm Oxford is another question um, for the 250. Um, so, it's just really... It's really going to determine how everything goes, um, like for the for the maritimes this summer. And if it's not, you know, if it's going to be hard to, to travel back and forth or hard to do that, um, I could see me uh, uh, taking one of the cars out to, out west and running some stuff in Saskatoon, or there's supposed to be some stuff happening in BC, and maybe even um, south in Washington. Um, so, I mean, there's, there's definitely some options that I do want to run um, more than we did last year. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, you know, it, it all depends on the, uh, the travel restrictions and, and the uh, different provinces. Yeah, and to see what all is going to take place, uh, we heard some good stuff out of Trevor Seabird here. Sounds like Penticton Speedway is coming along, going to get a makeover and a facelift. Uh, that might be a good spot. I don't know how far that is from uh, Fort Mac uh, out in Alberta, but it shouldn't be too far away. It's a lot closer than Nova Scotia. <laughs> it's on the radar for sure. And I don't know what was what was their time frame on 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 that. Are they going to have that up? running this year or he he hoped that it was going to be running by by the towards the end of the year um in in august slash september um but uh definitely big for 2022 that's the you know kind of the grand reopening if you will but uh but they they hoped for a couple of events uh towards the uh, towards the the end of 2021 so definitely, yeah. uh, definitely on the radar, Kyle. Um, uh, you know, you've you've now taken part 
in you and your brother both have taken part in some really big events over the past couple of years. Um, you, you know, I think back to uh, you guys making the trip down south to race at Richmond. Uh, you know, obviously racing at racetracks like Chukasa uh, for the uh, the Canadian Short Track Nationals. Uh, as well, you know, you guys have made the trip down south to uh, Hickory, I believe, is is a place where you guys turn some laps. Um, uh, do you are you starting to feel like you belong when you go to these big events? Um, obviously, you belong. Like I'm not saying that you don't, but does it does it feel you know really comfortable when you roll into the back gate at one of these big events now? Um, it definitely helps if you can go down there and be. You can be competitive and, and you can have speed. Um, you know, uh, you, you get, you know, you, when we were the two years ago, we, we, we ran Oxford a few times. And, you know, I remember going in there and the first couple, you know, first time we're in there, you know, you don't know anyone or whatever. And the, by the third or fourth time you're there, you know, everybody, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, the more you go, the more welcoming the, uh, the people are. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, so many great racers all over the place, and, and I mean, you, you go down to them, you go to them big events with, with them kind of names, and um, you, uh, you know, very, very competitive, but at the same token, um, I, I know where we come from, we race in, in Ontario, and, and uh, especially on the Maritime Pro sector, there's, um, there's a we're both very, very competitive tours or uh, places as well. Like, I know our tour that we race with, there's, um, there's a lot of very competitive guys there and a lot of very competitive guys in Ontario as well. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're all over the place. Um, I just find when we go down there, um, there's just, just a lot of different circumstances. You know, they run a different tire, so tire management is, is a... Um, is bigger for for us down there than it is like for the maritime pro sector. It's not something that we really have to worry about. We don't have to fall off like they do. So um, you know, it's just it's just different. I mean, we don't we don't typically qualify on our tour. So um, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that I'm not up to speed with when it comes to that. But I mean, it's, you know, we learn more and more every time we go. So. Yeah, every time, eh? That experience makes a difference. Kyle, this has been great catching up with you. Uh, we are getting close to the top of the hour, so we've got to throw it back to Toronto at Sirius XM. But uh, got to thank you for your time. Uh, have a safe trip home, and uh, congratulations on a great weekend at Nashville. You did us all proud, my man. Okay. Uh, before I go, i got to um, wish my mother and my wife, my mother-in-law, happy Mother's Day. And I got to give a shout out to the guys at King Racing, uh, Rolly Judy, Andrew and Corey, um, and Jonathan for getting all this, all these cars and, and equipment prepared to, for us to make the trip. And also, uh, Bob Special is Matt Drake. Um, he, him and his guys flew this, this weekend in Nashville and did a, did a great job for the, uh, for what we had going on. So I just want to give a shout out to them and also, uh, all my family and my mother and father for the, for the work they do. Awesome stuff, Kyle. You have a safe okay, trip guys. and good job, man. 
All right, good talking to you. Thanks. You Bye. betcha. That's Kyle Reed uh, on his way home, just coming through KC, Junior. We're getting close to the top of the hour. Another action-filled night here on Race Time Radio. That was a lot of fun. Definitely, and we will get hooked up with Jonathan Hicken uh, for next week. Uh, don't know what happened. The wires got crossed there, but uh, a great show all in all. Uh, great guests. I'm pumped up, man. We got to get racing. Oh, absolutely. Write your MPs. Right yes. MPs. Yes. And uh you know, make it make it known that you want to go racing. Help these racetrack promoters out. Get ready, buckle in, and let's go get it. Absolutely. Check out Brighton Speedway as well. Mark has a really good article on there. Yes, seen that. Uh, very, very good. And uh Mark Rinaldi has been doing a tremendous job. Can't help it if the government isn't uh, doing their part, but uh, Mark Rinaldi and the uh, Speedway Association's definitely doing theirs. But that's going to do it for Junior and I here tonight in the Race Time Radio studio. Got to thank Susie Q right here for hooking us up with everybody. And uh, hopefully Scotty back in the Toronto studio for getting us out on the SiriusXM network. Uh, but I'm Joe Chisholm, along for Junior. Uh, have a good week, everybody. Be safe. Uh, roll up that sleeve. I am on Wednesday. Going to take that first shot. And uh, can't wait to feel the freedom. And uh, sure hope I see you at the Speedway in the coming weeks. But have a good one, everybody. We'll catch you next Sunday night right here on Race Time Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 167, Canada Talks. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for listening to Race Time Radio. Visit us on the web at www.racetimeradio.com. We hope you'll join us again next time for more Race Time Radio. Come on now, dig, dig, dig. Exclusively on your home for the hardcore race fan. Excellent, buddy, excellent.